welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Thank y'all so much for joining me for session 100 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. I cannot believe we're here, y'all. 100 times I've come into the booth, also known as my closet, to record this podcast that has become such an amazing part of my life and work. I'm so thankful for each of you who listen and share the podcast in your circles. It truly would not be what it is without y'all. So from the bottom of my heart, I am forever grateful to you. I'm also incredibly thankful to my amazing producer, aka my husband, who has supported this idea from day one and helps me out with editing the show every week, no matter how much I get on his nerves. I definitely couldn't have done this without him. So I thought that episode 100 was a perfect time for me to share some of the lessons I've learned from podcasting that I think many of you will find helpful as well. So here we go. Lesson number one. It really is important to feel the fear and do it anyway. If I hadn't started the podcast almost two years ago, I likely would not have had some of the amazing opportunities that I've had. I've had the chance to meet and talk with students at campuses across the country. I've made and strengthened relationships with colleagues who are doing great work in our community. I had the chance to appear as a co-host on MTV's Teen Mom. And I've been featured in some pretty cool publications, all because I didn't let my fear about how my voice sounds and how it would be perceived by others get bigger than my need and want to share important information with y'all. There are probably some of you listening right now that have amazing ideas for blogs and podcasts or documentaries and stories, and you're feeling too afraid to put it out there. And I get it, y'all. The anxiety is something serious. But I also want you to consider how are you going to feel two years from now when you're still sitting on that idea and haven't done anything with it? Will you be full of regrets? Will you be beating yourself up with shoulda, woulda, couldas? Or will you be able to say, I did that and it turned out incredible? Or I did that and it didn't quite work out, but here's what I learned from it. Either way, you would have tried. And I think dealing with things that didn't work out is far easier than dealing with regrets that you never even tried. And I know you want it to be perfect. You feel like you have to get the perfect camera. You need a great outline. You need buy-in from all of these people before you start. But I will share with you something that someone told me as I was writing my dissertation. Done is better than perfect. Start where you are and keep going and growing. If you go back and listen to episode one of this podcast, it sounds drastically different from today's episode. But I could not have gotten to episode 100 if I never released episode one. 
and you won't either. So go and do the thing that you are so persistently avoiding. And this leads itself perfectly to the second lesson that I have learned from podcasting, which is that somebody needs to hear what you have to say. I can't tell you how many emails and messages I've gotten from y'all that share how one of these episodes felt like exactly what you needed to hear at the time, or that you made big changes in your life based on something that you heard in one of these episodes. I want you to know that I don't take these messages for granted. So when I start to feel anxious about what I have to say or how it will be received, I remember y'all and the impact that this information is having on your lives and I continue to show up. Years ago, I worked with an incredible business coach, Maya Elias, and I will never forget what she said in one of her classes. She said, your message comes through you, but it is not for you which to me means that I need to get out of my own way and get out of my head and let whatever message needs to be shared get to whoever needs to hear it. And I hope that you'll consider that too. When you take yourself out of the center of whatever it is and make it about who needs to hear your message, then your anxiety may decrease. You may become less afraid and nervous to share because you can trust that if you just keep showing up, the people that need to hear what you have to say will hear you. Lesson number three, you deserve to take up space. For a while, I resisted the idea of being seen as an expert or a go-to person related to Black women's mental health. I wondered if I knew enough or whether there was someone else more qualified than me. And what I've learned is that none of that matters. Of course, there are people who know more than me and can talk more eloquently about certain topics. But what no one else has is my history and the particular set of circumstances, training, and experiences that I have had thus far in my life. And that's what really matters, that I show up and share my truth as I know it. So while I may not know everything, I do know a lot, and I'm committed to always learning more. And I hope that you'll embrace this as well. Feel comfortable speaking from wherever you find yourself now. Know that there's lots more to learn, but that doesn't mean that what you have to share right now is any less valuable. Lesson number four, your critics might be loud, but your supporters are even louder. So I've already shared how touched I am to get such sweet emails from y'all about how this work has impacted you. But I also have to share that sometimes I get some not-so-sweet messages. And I'm not talking about the messages where people will respectfully disagree with something I've said or they have feedback about a particular topic that's really helpful. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the messages that are just mean for no reason. Now, I'd be lying to you if I said that these don't throw me because they always seem to come out of nowhere. But after I work it out with my girls in the group chat, I'm able to come back to the fact that for every one of these messages, there are 20 other messages that are affirming and beautiful. And that's what I have to stay focused on. Even though it's very easy to get pulled into questioning everything after you get a not-so-kind message, you have to shake it off and focus on the people that matter. I know many of you have heard me say this before, but when these kinds of things happen, this is when I go to my, girl, you did that folder. 
This is where I keep all of the kind messages and other stuff that reminds me of why this work is important. And that even if I get some hate mail every now and then, I have to keep going. So I want you to know that when you start to share your message and your ideas in a larger way, there will be some people who don't like it and they don't want to hear what you have to say. But don't let that stop you from showing up for the people that do. They are your why. And then lesson number five, stay curious and open to the process. When I started the podcast, I wasn't at all sure of what I was creating. I just knew that I loved listening to podcasts and thought it would be a cool way to share mental health information with y'all. I didn't expect for it to take off in the ways that it has or for it to open as many doors as it has. But because I didn't really know what I was doing, it has allowed me to just remain curious about how it all unfolds and to celebrate the process. I think sometimes we get so incredibly attached to the outcome of a project or endeavor that we start poking and prodding and shaping and molding until the thing becomes unrecognizable. So if there's something that you're starting and preparing to offer to the world, try to stay open to how it will evolve because your ideas for it may be way more limiting than the actual potential of whatever it is. So stay cognizant and provide guidance, but don't forget to give it space to breathe. So these are the five lessons that I've learned from podcasting that I hope can either help you right now if you're embarking on something new or in the future when you release more of your greatness into the world. I know we haven't had any listener questions in a minute, but we will be bringing back our On the Porch segment of the podcast. So if you would like my feedback about something going on in your life, or you have a follow-up question related to something you hear on the podcast, please be sure to send those to me by email at podcast at therapyforblackgirls.com, and it just might be answered on air. So we do have two questions that we will dig into today. Question number one. How do you truly stop caring what others think about you? And I know that this is something that probably lots of people struggle with, so I'm really glad that one of our listeners submitted this. So I'm not really sure that we need to completely stop caring about what other people think, because it definitely can be helpful to have feedback about how we come across in certain situations and an awareness of how we are perceived. I think the issue comes when we care so much about what others think that we allow their thoughts to be louder than our own, or when we allow fear about what other people think to dictate how we feel and behave. The danger with this is that there will never be a finishing line. So you do one thing because you think it will please your mom, and then you do something else because you think that's what your partner wants, and then it just becomes a never-ending cycle of trying to become what everybody else wants and completely losing sight of what you want for yourself. So I would encourage you to start taking small steps in the direction of what truly feels like a fit for you, and then see what happens. Does other people's feedback about what you did feel so overwhelming that you regret your decision? Or is it just a little annoying for you to hear? Sometimes I think we work ourselves up worrying about how things will turn out, and then the reality of the situation is far less dramatic. So I'd say try something out, see what happens, and then see how you feel about it. It may be that you're always a little uncomfortable with other people's thoughts about you, 
But you also might be able to get to a place where it doesn't feel overbearing for you and you can still feel like you're being true to yourself. So I hope that helps. Let me know how it goes. And then question number two. My best friend has bipolar disorder. She also has depression. The problem is, over a year ago, she borrowed $340 from me so that we could see Beyonce on the run too. She promised to make regular payments, but that didn't happen. While she already owed me that money, I also booked a vacation for a group of friends and her portion was another $400. In the years since she's owed me money, her payments have been highly irregular and small amounts. Whenever I talk to her about it, she mentions her anxiety and depression but promises to do better. We live in different states, so text message is our primary form of communication. Lots of times when I text her, she doesn't respond. She very frequently posts on Instagram and other social media. So the fact that I know she's on her phone using Instagram but not responding to my texts makes me feel like she's ignoring me. I've been very patient, but I honestly feel like she is using her mental health as an excuse. She has the mental capacity to go out to parties, events, happy hours, etc., but not enough to text back her best friend that she owes hundreds of dollars to. It also seems like she thinks I'm made of money. I am not. Long story short, my question is, how can I approach her firmly without putting her mental health in jeopardy? Also, do you think it's possible that she's using her depression as an excuse? My feelings are hurt and I need my money back. So it is obvious that you have lots of very strong feelings about this, and rightfully so, listener. Um, So first, I would strongly encourage you to consider not loaning any more money to this person, as it seems like they have some difficulty holding up to their end of the bargain. Secondly, I'm not quite making the connection between how her mental health concerns are connected to her ability to pay you back. I'm not sure if her health has resulted in her not being able to work as much and maybe she doesn't have the money to pay you back or what. But I don't think you should spend so much energy worrying about the why, but instead focus on what you do know, which is that she has not paid you back. So it's impossible for us to know whether she's using her mental health as a cover, but the fact remains that she has promised on several occasions to pay you back and has not. I'd encourage you to maybe have one final conversation with her about how hurtful this has been to you and how you see it impacting your friendship and to ask her very plainly if she has the capacity to stick with a regular payment plan that would allow you to recoup your money. I think that her answer to that question and then her follow-up or lack thereof in terms of paying you will give you great information about whether this is a friendship you can continue with even if you never get your money back or whether this feels like a deal breaker for you. Good luck with this conversation. And again, let me know how this goes. So if you have any questions you'd like my feedback about, be sure to send them to me at podcast at therapyforblackgirls.com. Don't forget that if you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And remember to visit our online store where you can grab a t-shirt, sweatshirt, a copy of our breakup journal, or our guided affirmation. You can shop at therapyforblackgirls.com slash shop. And if you love what you hear on the podcast and really want to put into practice some of the things we discuss here, join us over in the Yellow Couch Collective 
at therapyforblackgirls.com slash YCC. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week and for rocking with me for 100 episodes. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. <laughs>